0: Welcome to All The Things, with Monique Dusan from the Center for Biblical Unity and Theology Mom, Krista Bontrager. And now, here's Krista and Monique.
1: Hey, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to All The Things. It is Saturday night. It is. It's the time of the week where we have a little conversation. Yes, and today is our family session. Welcome to the family meeting. Yes. Come on over, sit in the living room. Um, This is All the Things, the show where we talk about all the cultural issues of the the day from a historically Christian perspective. And there are many issues of this day. I think our issues have subscriptions right now. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. It's kind of hard to even, I feel like, get into the the real groove of of all the things today. Yeah. Uh, Helping us on the show
0: tonight, this week and every week, is our faithful leader, Bob Bontrager. And who needs a haircut? (laughs) The coronavirus hair situation is real. Hopefully we're going to get that remedied this week. Um, This show is brought to you by the Center for Biblical
1: Unity and the Theology Mom podcast. Yes, Center for Biblical Unity and Theology Mom. Look at us. Yes. Look at us. Doing big things. Or really not knowing what we're doing at all. Just that, trying just to... Just making it up Playing it off as we go. <laughs> Y'all don't even know. Just one prayer and one day at a time. That's right.
0: Hey, Maria. Uh, support the show right now by hitting that share button. And uh, give us a thumbs up if you're on YouTube. Uh, you just hit that thumbs up while you're there. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. And hit the bell. And select all. And uh, share the show. Follow uh, subscribe to our podcast and get those updates when we post new content.
1: Yes. Let's yes. see who's shared Share already. the show with people who might need a little family meeting time. That's right. Yes. Cousins, come on over.
0: Yes. Uh, Laura is checking in tonight from Texas. Uh, such a hard day for all of us. Looking yes. forward to some good family time. Always look forward to your voice. Juwad's joining us. Hey, Juwad. Glad to have you here. Faith. Wolf, a new friend, is joining us. Hello. Yes.
1: Uh, Keisha's here from Atlanta. Oh, Jennifer good. down in San Diego. Cynthia right around the corner, pretty much. Maria's here. Yes. Great. Twin, she says, um, look at me here on time. Yes. Um, See, family meeting, got to start on time. That's right. What a hard week it's been here in the Twin Cities. Oh, yes. you're in the Twin Cities.
0: Okay. Yes. yes, I have family there, too. So glad to have
1: Everybody Kristen here. from Canada. Yes. Hello. Awesome. 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 All right. And we want so, to encourage all of you to
0: jump in tonight on the family meeting. And we have uh, some loose content planned, but we will see uh, some of what the Lord has in store as the conversation unfolds.
1: Yeah. And um, I'll say before we jump in too far, um, if you missed last week's show, check it out. You didn't say this already, did you? Because no. I'm just making sure. Yeah. Um, with Alisa Childers, it was awesome, awesome, awesome. Such a good show. She's so fun and funny and I feel like it was really eye opening to talk about progressive theology, progressivism, um, just growing within Christianity and within yeah. evangelicalism in women's ministries, things like that. And so um the show did really well. It, it, it got really a lot did. Of-
0: a lot of good feedback and yeah. blessed a lot of people. So if you haven't yet checked it out, go check out our show yeah. uh, from last week with Elisa Childers. Yes. So, and follow her on social media. If yes, you're not follow her. She's already doing. Like, she's amazing.
1: Yeah. Ton of resource and information, especially yeah. if you're wondering if your church is going down a progressive um, track or, you know, yeah. How is to your, spot it. How to how spot to, it yeah. is your kids, like Sunday school teacher or youth pastor yeah. um, into progressive theology, even if maybe the pastors and elder board aren't. What yeah. do you do with some of those things and how yeah. do you spot that? So
0: really good conversation.
1: Really good. All right. So there's just so
0: much happening right now. And we were uh, this has been a rough show to plan because there's so many different directions that the conversation could take. Mm-hmm. We've been messaging each other back and forth for several days. Uh, Just, have you seen this tweet? Have you seen this video, this picture? And we're like, how are we going to bring a meaningful conversation to the people who are looking to us? People have been blowing up your phone. People
1: have literally been (laughs) emailing. I had um, a couple of calls this week and... You know, messaging me in my DM, I'm just like, wow, like, I didn't know. And somebody told me they were like, well, since you're an expert in, uh, am, I, am I an expert? I don't know. I But I do know that I want to be a resource and I want to speak some sanity into the conversation. And so, yeah. you know, if that makes me an expert, then I guess I'll take the title. Yeah. I don't think that I'm an expert. I just think that, you know, we do a lot of hard work to to really research and dig deep into scripture. And
0: and I think people need to understand that this is a deeply personal journey for both of us. Like this isn't some uh, intellectual project that we're doing here. This isn't, this isn't about um, an academic pursuit. Mm -hmm. This is about two real people with a real friendship Mm -hmm. trying to live a real life.
1: Yes. And really walk this stuff out so that we can say, okay, look, this is what works. Ooh, this is what doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because <laughs> we've tried some things that really don't work. Yeah.
0: So there's, there's that. Yeah. Uh, let's just keep it real. But I think that what is important for people to understand is there are other people who are doing sort of the intellectual heavy lifting, mm-hmm. you know, our friends, Neil, Pat Pat Sawyer, yes. Uh, Scott Smith at Mm -hmm. Talbot. Like we're. That is Williams. Yeah. We're standing on their shoulders. We're not pretending to have an academic approach. We're resting on the shoulders of these other great men and thinkers that we've gotten to know. But we're like over here in the real world trying to figure out how do we do this? And we're in a lot of the same boat as all of our viewers and, and trying to sort it out. And we don't have every answer. No. Like, there's a lot of things that you and I are like, yeah, I don't really know about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like some of our conversations this morning. Yeah. You know, like, oh, but what about this or what about that? And I mean, to be honest, we come from different backgrounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's just no way to get around that. Yeah. And I think our different backgrounds can color the way that we see things. And oh, for sure. how do we wrestle through that? And what is the for biblical? Yeah, for both of us. Yeah. You know, what is the biblical biblical take on it? How do we because there are some things I'm just like, you know, I know the Bible say that. But look, look, you hear Jesus. Can we talk about this one? Yeah, there's you know?
0: something the Lord was showing you this week that he was working with you on. That's a big cultural theme. And you're like. Ooh, I don't know if I'm ready to repent from believing that. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So, yeah, there's that. All right. Um, let's get into it here. And we kind of have digested a lot of what's happening on social media and in our conversations with many of you who have emailed us, DM'd us. We've kind of boiled mm-hmm. it out to, down to five big things that we're going to cover. And so we made some uh little graphic cards to help us follow along and give the, the conversation conversation some shape yeah. tonight. So family uh, meeting topics. Yes, family meeting topics. So uh our first question, hopefully Bob can get that up on the screen for us, is why is everyone so upset? Yes. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about that. Why is everybody so upset? And uh, you know, we're seeing a lot in the media right now. And uh,
1: I think the media helps to push people's anger and adds gasoline to the fire.
0: Let's talk about that, because um, what we have experienced in the last couple of weeks is the Ahmad Arbery shooting, which mm-hmm. we did a whole show about two weeks ago. Yeah. And then
1: Brianna Taylor.
0: Yeah. Who was, I think, in Houston, a postal worker uh, yes. from Houston.
1: And then you had Christian Cooper.
0: Who was the bird watcher in Central Park in New York
1: mm-hmm, this week. And had the police called on him. And then now we have George Floyd. Right. Yeah.
0: So there's just been kind of stacking up. But a couple of points that I want to make, and then I want to let you weigh in. Okay. Is that... We have to th- think about how selective the media is in what they report. Mm-hmm. If if the media reported every incident of sin, we would be overwhelmed by the sinfulness of of humans. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but let's just have a little moment of honesty that there are some sins that the media Reports and then there's other sins that they look away mm-hmm. and there <sighs> I think that there's you know some escalation that's happening through the media in in making this really you know highlighting a lot of these issues, and the question that I have is to what degree does that make it worse and escalate
1: things well, I think that um Yes, I think the media does escalate it. I saw a quote by someone earlier this week, and it said, racism didn't go away. It's just now being videotaped. Yes, And so that makes me, it makes me think of more than just the media as being um, a conduit of the issues here. What I think is that there are, Wickedness, like wickedness, is is prevalent in man's heart. Um, there's pride. There's selfishness. There's lack of humanity for man. Like there's there are so many problems. Racism being one of those problems. Am I saying that um, I thought Ahmad Arbery's case was race based, or Breonna Taylor, or even Christian Cooper, or George? George sorry, George Floyd. Um, because I don't have evidence that proves that. And I don't want to step into speculation. I don't want to step possibly into, in to, the the
0: Central Park situation because that woman specifically was mentioning a black man. It does seem like she was weaponizing the police a, a bit. I have a
1: lot of thoughts but, about that, but I'm not going to we'll, go we there we'll right go now. Down there. All right, but, <laughs> um, but I, I. But I what what I'm saying, yeah, okay, so let's take that one off the table. But the the three murders, um, I don't know for certain that they were caused by racism um i think it it, could have been it It definitely could have been and i would say in this last case with mr floyd that that is the one where my heart like pulls the most and i'm like oh it's it's because of this but again i can't say that um like with certainty so yes i can see that the the media you know plays into that but i also think that Minorities and black people especially have a certain history within America. And that is what continues to get repeated and continues to be cycled through. So even if things with um, racism were getting quote unquote better and we had made moves forward, strides forward, it's repeated back to us as if there was no, you know, progress. no progress or um, this idea that this continually happens, and so it's almost like only Black people are being murdered, you know. And I don't think that that's the case at all. And actually, I'm in the middle. I haven't finished it, but I'm in the middle of reading. You might have finished it. Um, the this har this Harvard study about police brutality, um, pullovers, pull over like all of this and yeah.
0: sentencing.
1: Um, it breaks it down even by ratio. So because we're only 13, 14% of the population, like what does that look like in, in comparison with the larger population? And so I'm in the middle of reading this, but I just think that when it's, when the thought keeps being recycled, that they're plucking you off, um, you know, they only, the police are only pulling over black people. They're only interested in black people. You know, I don't know that I believe that, but I believe that that, I do think that that rhetoric is continually replayed. And because it's continually replayed, that's what we begin to to believe and act upon.
0: So we're already getting some good questions in the, the chat. I want to talk about uh, Kristen's question, if we can. Um, doesn't it downplay the likelihood that race played a part in this by needing proof that it was caused by racism?
1: I don't think so. Um, I personally feel like kind of like it says biblically, like, we need two or three witnesses. And so if we need two or three witnesses, those witnesses should be gathered. Now, unless he, the cop is out there being like you inward and, you know, and then it's blatant and we can see it. To or me, he told, he, yeah. we
0: have a witness that comes forward that says this cop used the inward all the time in a derogatory way. Or he said to his friends this morning, I'm going to go out and catch me. A, mm-hmm. You know, then we know that, okay, he's a racially motivated person. But we don't want to assume that. I think the only way we can come at it and know and and think that it's a race based situation is if we make the assumption: oh, he's a cop and he's white, so therefore it must be a racial
1: situation. Well, or, I think that's the cultural moment that we're in right, right now. But
0: but that is the I think the latent assumption that many of us aren't even aware of that we
1: have. Yes, or if it's in the South. So Keisha. Um, Just said, I wonder if regions within the U.S. plays a part. My husband and I have been pulled over quite a bit Mm. in the southeast. Yes. So part of this study that I haven't made my way through, but I have made it up to that part, talks about regional based pullovers. It talks about how even when you look at the country in general, how African-Americans are pulled over two times more than other groups we yeah. and I don't know if it's quote unquote targeting or if we have some kind of suspicious behavior when we, we call it driving while black so you know you don't want to get a DUI you also don't want to get a DWB so there is something to some of that but the but, numbers bear that out to some degree yes and there's been gosh maybe 50 studies done and out of those 50 it's been consistent that this is what they're finding, that black people do get pulled over more than other groups.
0: But I think on that same uh, review article from Harvard, it was also said that uh, the car searches were a little, slightly more frequent with blacks than with whites, mm-hmm. but that the, there was sort of parody on the two when it came to finding things and arrests. So even though there were more pullovers and slightly more car searches, there was parity on the action that happened on the other side of that. Yes. So that was kind of an interesting nuance that, you know, it doesn't fit very well in a meme, but you know, we have to look closer at this, these, these studies and some of these details, because some of the things we're hearing in the news about, Um, inequities seems rational and warranted. The question is, is what is the cause? Yeah. We might be able to identify the outcome or the effect, but the real question is, is what is the cause? And we're not having rational conversations through the media about that. Yeah. And we're just ginning up people's emotions about it. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately not
1: going to bring us closer together. So- all right. Sorry, I'm going to go back to my note. Um, so, yes, everyone is upset because of the murders of three image bearers, three individuals, and the the stand that, you know, this is race-based. It is because they're black. This would not have happened if they were white. And, you know, okay. I, I, I don't know that I... I don't know that I'm. I believe that white people aren't murdered. What I do think is that it doesn't get the same due. It doesn't get the same. We don't see the same media coverage. Media coverage.
0: You know when when uh, that happens, and and that's a whole other issue. Mm -hmm. Faith has a question. She says, "Wouldn't the crime still be a crime regardless of the motivation?" Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. If it was proven that the cop was not a racist, would that make his death less of a tragedy? No, No. not at all. I mean, I think it's a it's a trash situation. Yeah. It's a horrible, horrible situation that Mm -hmm. shouldn't have happened in the case of George Floyd. I mean, horrible, whether or not race came into it or not. But like our friend Sam Say said a couple of weeks ago on the show, you know, murder especially first degree murder is is what scripture calls you know acting with malice mm-hmm. it's 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 you have hate in your heart toward your fellow human being and um, in under in the sermon on the mount jesus says that murder starts with anger mm-hmm. and if you let that anger fester and grow the murder can be the can be yeah. the outcome it can be the result so uh, a, to me a race based murder is just a hate based murder we have hatred in our heart but the it's not it doesn't make it less tragic yeah no if, if it if it was you know it, it's still a hate based murder so we want to i think be careful about saying well racism what we're really mad about is the racism no the, it's the murder it's yeah. the loss of Someone who bears the image of God. Yes. So hopefully that helps to make that more clear. In the case so, of Arbury, Keisha says,
1: I am I'm ashamed. ashamed. That it took two months for anybody to recognize his death as a crime. I would say yes. I, I agree with that. That, you know, an image bearer was killed. And it took a lot of steps to get to a point of saying, we don't kill a thief. To get to a point of saying this is not right, so I do agree with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me that case is a little bit more complicated because there it did there were a couple of delays in that situation where the DAs had to recuse themselves because of conflict of interest. Then there was the pandemic, so it's a little hard to know how those variables went into it. Mm-hmm. And the person who released the video was actually trying to do a good thing, to in his mind, to clear the suspects. So it was. There must have been some suspicion that was swirling around them that they thought they needed to clear their name and released this video, only it backfired on them. So I'm not totally convinced that all the evidence is there that they were doing nothing. Now, was it being slow? Possibly. But there seemed to have been some extenuating circumstances there.
1: I just I, I find it extremely interesting that you thought or that he thought releasing, you know, the videotape of a murder would help to get your friends off. I just, I find that, but then I also wonder, like, maybe that's a cultural thing. Maybe that's something that happens in this area. Like, I don't know, but I, I'm just, I'm, it was quite but, confusing for me.
0: But that kind of brings up, you know, the, the big question we're on here is why are people so upset? Mm-hmm. I think that we have to step back and understand now in the age of the internet and social media and videos on all of our phones, We are now all armchair jurors. Mm -hmm. And that is somewhat of a new situation. And I think that it's tough because we all think now that we can just weigh the evidence and know a conclusion. I had some people, you know, on me this week of like, well, there's a video. How can you say that we should, you know, not condemn this person? It's like, well, I'm trying to go according to what God's law says. And I'm not trying to follow the crowd and doing wrong and getting all my emotions whipped up into a frenzy about it. But because of the nature of social media and the mainstream media, it's a constant invitation to getting your emotions all ginned up. And there's not a lot of conversation that says, hey, let's slow down and maybe look in scripture and see how how scripture can help to transform our, our minds.
1: So I agree with that. I do agree that we, especially in this cultural moment or what I've seen over the last couple of weeks is we will jump to, Oh, well, this had to be this. And because it had to be this, let's, you know, this, this is the, this, these are the ramifications of that, or this is what should happen because of this. Yeah. When it's more of like, well, Okay. There might be more to know, there might not be more to know biblically, how should we handle it? And when we look at even our own like human judicial system, yeah, how should it be handled? Yeah. So there's that
0: yeah and and we're just also limited. but the big question I think that is on many people's minds right now as to you know the emotional issues is, are blacks being targeted by the police? More than whites. That's that's really the big question, and so many people would probably disagree with me that it's even a question. They would say it's a truthism, mm-hmm. but um, I'm just kind of trying to cast it in a in a, you know that this is this is the thing that we're grappling with, and and we have to understand that this plays a big role in why people are so upset. So when we hear them calling for justice, what they're asking for is equal treatment. Yeah. That's what they're asking for. And that's not an unreasonable expectation. That's actually a biblical expectation.
1: Well, and I think when we look at the Harvard study, though, and we should maybe post a link to it or something, but there is warrant and proof that black people are pulled over more, and it does lead to these other things. Yeah. Or it has led to these other things in the past. But the and so question is, we... is,
0: why, what factors go into that? You know, those are all
1: things that have to be looked at. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we don't. I'm just saying that there is something to the idea right. that it's not a
0: completely, baseless, it's not made up. It's not a baseless yeah. assertion.
1: Yeah. There's something to that.
0: And there's a biblical principle in play of we shouldn't show favoritism to the rich or the poor. hmm so I would take that as also someone in authority and power and someone who doesn't have authority and power. So that's a, it's a worthy question for us to think about. So, okay, you ready to go on to the second question? Yes. All right. Uh, number two is how should I respond on social media? This is a big question that many people were writing to us about. Yes. And wanting uh, kind of some, some perspective about – how to respond, how to advocate, what to advocate for and and, and that sort of thing, so
1: I, I let off with the question of do we need to respond to everything? do we need to make a statement about everything? I think that's one of the things that has um become so prevalent with things like Facebook or um Twitter or this new one parlor, and things like that, like people want to make um a statement about everything. And I'm wondering what would happen if we chose to withhold a statement for a minute and pray about something, see what God would want us to say instead of trying to in our own flesh or our own humanness decide, okay, what do I say about this? Um, With, with Mr. Floyd's death, I don't think I've put anything out yet about, about his death. I've put something out about sin and being angry and not sinning. Um, but specifically about his death or what I think about what happened, I kinda just feel like I need to mourn. Like like there's an image bearer who lost his life at the hands of the person who was supposed to serve and protect him. And you know, to me that's sad. To me, that's something that um, I want to mourn about. I don't know necessarily that I want to go out and post something right away, but that's me. So part of my question is, well, do we need to really go out and, and blast it on social media, blast all of our thoughts? Is there something that can we process with a friend first? You well, know,
0: And that's the thing is in the age of social media, now there is all of this cultural and social pressure that if you don't have a public statement, then... It's almost like social
1: or emotional extortion. Yeah, and people have called like asked me, when are you are you gonna say something? When are you gonna say something? When are you gonna put are you not gonna put nothing out or um oh but you said this about Arbery shooting, but now you're not gonna say anything about this one. I don't know, different thoughts at different times, different things that I feel Holy Spirit is leading me to do. Um, but I don't know that one. we need to um, at all times have a comment about everything. Um, and then uh, what was my my last one about the like the emotional extortion? Ah, it'll come well, back just to me.
0: The, just all the for me, all the pressure of like, well, unless you say something about this. And this, and this, and this, and this. That's what I
1: was going to say. And it's like, well, do you want me to comment on, like, Every public sin, but here's the thing: that's culture's way of handling it. Family, we are not a part of culture. Like we are a diff, we are a different breed. We are a, we are called kingdom according to kingdom living, kingdom culture. So I don't necessarily know that I feel the need to participate in the way that culture participates in social media. I'm going to do things the way that Holy Spirit leads me to do things. Just because culture wants to run and jump on their keyboard as soon as someone We're is cancel shot, you, then, Monique, then then cancel me, can- cancel. That's you. Didn't speak out on this. You were that's restless. what you have You're to do. You're nothing. That's what you have to do. If you if that's but what that's you feel, how, but that's how it goes. But I don't have. The, there the is insanity insanity nothing of, of the of
0: there is nothing
1: idiot. that draws me and commands me to participate with culture like that. Yeah. And so that's where my question comes from. Like, why are we as Christians driven and living in the belief that we have to participate with culture on culture's demands and terms?
0: But this is the cultural demand on me all over social media right now is I need to renounce my whiteness. You might need to renounce your
1: whiteness, too. And you're you, not going along with the tribe. But then why are you choosing <laughs> to participate with culture? I'm not. E- exactly. But I'm, I'm, I got people, you know, uh, <laughs>
0: this week like. They're they're, You know, they're like, well, you're not for justice. I'm like, are you new? Have you not watched any? I just did like a teaching for an hour and a half on Tuesday about justice. I got another one coming next week, possibly a third one. We have hours and hours of content about justice on the on our YouTube channels. And I got some guy screaming at me that I don't I don't speak out about justice. I'm like, just because I don't speak out the way you want me to speak out. I'm not doing it in the critical race theory narrative, then I don't care about justice.
1: It's complete emotional extortion. Even if it is family, we don't have to participate. I don't know where I'm looking. Um, We don't, yeah, thanks. We don't have to participate Just because someone invites you to dance, you don't have to move. You don't have to dance. If someone invites you to the party, say no. Don't show up. It's my responsibility. I am responsible to obey God. I am responsible for myself. But everybody wants to be your Holy
0: Spirit. All these social justice warriors want to be your Holy Spirit. So? They be telling you, this is what you do. Good for them. This is how you're a righteous person. They're like the Pharisees. This is the social justice Pharisees telling us, This is how to show up for your life. This is what righteousness looks like. And unless you do it this way.
1: So what? That this (laughs) is my, this is like my, my, my posture and my position, especially after that whole thing with Ahmaud Arbery happened on my social media feed. If we're not friends on social media, I don't know if it's public, but um, yeah, I had a little situation. Um, Here's the thing. Culture, the enemy, whatever, they're always going to invite you to play according to their rules. When you choose to think that you have to divest yourself of your whiteness or you have to make a public statement uh, or you're going to be, you know, whatever they say, that's you participating within their game. Stop playing the game. We are not called to the game. So when people like uh, we got, uh, who
0: is it? Uh, Faith says, you know, she sees all of these comments about your silence is approval. That comment is all over social media. Mm hmm. And it's like, yes, but see, that's the problem is that these are people, even among evangelical leaders, mm-hmm. they're the new Pharisees. And they're going to tell you, here's what righteousness looks like. It's not between you and the Holy Spirit. Now they're going to point themselves as your personal Holy Spirit. And they're going to tell you, this is what righteousness looks like. If you don't comment, if if you're silent, then you're part of the problem. You're on the wrong side of history,
1: La, 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 la. So here's my question. Here's my question. It's a serious question. If we fear the social media gods and we do speak out on everything to appease the social media gods, when is, when have we reached a plateau of enough? What, like, should I speak out on everything? Should I condemn everything should i not listen to holy spirit when i am um prompted not to write something because i fear the the control and command of the people who do you fear god or men yeah. So yeah. if if that's what it comes down to and I'm ostracized for obeying what I feel Holy Spirit is telling me, then that's what it has to be. And I have to trust him to take care of that. But I can't. What, let me see what faith Faith's comment says. I've seen more than once. The silence is approved. Approval. The silence is approval comment. And I hate it. You can only do what you feel Holy Spirit is telling you to do. That's my stand on it. Now, I, that comment refers back to Martin Luther King, if I'm not mistaken. And he's talking about, um, it's not though, what is his co- His quote is, it's not the words of our enemies we will remember, but the silence of our brothers. Something like that. I agree with that. I do agree with that. And, at The same time, if Holy Spirit hasn't told you you need to speak out about this one, this one, this one, this one, and this one, what are you supposed to do? Well, maybe you know, like, maybe, can, maybe, it, can it, Holy it be a both and with
0: you on that issue, but in a different way? Maybe it's not a social media post, maybe it's doing something else. I mean, there's a lot of options available. Um, Juwad says, Wouldn't it be better if the police officers in the U.S. took courses on racial sensitivity? They do, they do. The Minneapolis police department is like the poster child for progressive programs that they put their police officers through. They had the, all the racial sensitivity training, the de-escalation training, all of those things. That's a it's a city and a state run by Democrats. They have a Democratic governor, a Democratic mayor. I mean, the city council is Democrat. They <laughs> This is a liberal progressive
1: state. It's they've Keisha brings up a good point. She says maybe the person posting about silence is not only speaking about posting on social media. Maybe they are encouraging people to have hard conversations in real life as well. I can see that as a huge possibility. I've also seen within my newsfeed and like my friends, um, just questioning why people aren't posting about the injustice or making specific posts about, um, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever. But then you know, or, or there's the meme of like, you know, those memes that are like, um, if you love Jesus, you'll repost, we're, you'll repost this you and say Amen. Like a, you know, it's like lever that. Lever yeah, it's like that. Media. Like if you if you're really for social justice, then you'll repost this and you know yeah. tag five friends, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay let me see Susanna we,
0: says she loves the fact that we include Mo as part of the Bontrager F- family we don't include her she <laughs> just, is part of the family
1: <laughs> Um, Laura W says we can speak on things to our community without having to do it on social media yeah I agree I don't see many good things coming from posting things on social media mm-hmm. to clarify I meant no time for commenting on every issue yeah <laughs> anybody got time for that Um, Keisha speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for Rights of all who are destitute. I agree. And I, I feel like I feel like some people, this is more of their innate like personhood and their personality is how, how they've been created by God. And I feel like I'm one of those people. Like I just, I have a voice and I'll use my, my voice. I have a big mouth, I'll use it. And you know, that is what it is. I don't know that Did everybody- Did you say
0: you have a big mouth? I
1: do. I, oh yeah. <laughs> I will let you know exactly what I think. Like it just, I don't even know where so to look So people again. who think
0: that, that I'm telling her what to do- yeah,
1: yeah no. That, that's no, 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 <laughs> people, um, people, people be okay. writing me like, um, here's on Facebook right but there. I, I do oh. 100% agree that, um, that we should be speaking out on behalf of the poor, speak out on behalf of the marginalized, speak out, uh, um, for those who, who, you know, are experiencing injustice. Now, how do we do that? I feel like that's a different conversation, but it, should we be doing that? Yes. Okay. Facebook. Leah. Hi, Prudence.
0: Hi, Prudence. Prudence goes to grace. Awesome. Uh, Uh, Let's see. Leah and Luke. I don't know who is commenting Leah or Luke, but Christ in me is what demands I speak up, not culture. Exactly. (laughs) But Christ may not tell everybody to speak up in exactly the same way. Yeah. All of us have to grapple with that, with the Lord. So. I see a
1: lot of silence because of people because people are more concerned at their status or reputation versus more concerned with their status or reputation versus justice for all. Hmm. I,
0: I, how do you? I'm wondering, Luke or Leah, how do you know that? Like, do they write that on social media? Do they tell yeah. you that privately, or is that an assumption that you're making about their motivations? Because I would wonder how you would n- have access to that information. Um, so that was just a question that, yeah. that comes to my mind
1: uh, about that. Hey, Leah. Leah. Okay. Leah. Hi, Leah. Okay. <laughs> um, Tina says, I wonder if many Christians don't know a lot about CRT. I have been sharing your videos. All oh, thanks for sharing. Um, I think CRT kind of comes in... In, reg- in like a social justice kind of coat and so people don't really understand. They don't know the terms yeah. maybe, but they've heard of woke or they've
0: heard of whiteness.
1: Anti-racism. White privilege. White fri- fri- fragility. They yeah. might not
0: know where those terms come mm-hmm. from. Yeah.
1: Rachel says, I've seen a lot of if you're mad about how they're protesting, you're part of the problem. How am I supposed to support the protest when there are a lot of those who are causing damage to innocent people? Okay, so let's talk about that. Yes, I made a post on Twitter and it says I can be mad about a murder and I can also be mad about lawlessness. At the same time? At the same time, yes. That's a possibility. I I don't know that... We need to pick one or the other. Both are sins in the Bible. Exodus 23, I believe it's twenty-three two, says don't follow the crowd in doing wrong. So if people are following the crowd in doing wrong, we can be mad about that. We can speak out against that. And I can also speak out because a fellow image bearer was killed at the hands of someone else but in see, broad daylight. But see, this is the thing, is that we as Christians should be allowing
0: the scripture to shape our thoughts, the scripture to inform our emotions. We don't just get emotional simply because we see an image and then we react. Mm -hmm. That is not what we as God's people are called to do. We have to look at things and then look in scripture and figure out how scripture comes to bear on, on these questions. And, and so to steal from somebody, is a sin. It violates God's law.
1: So we don't excuse that sin. Yes. Um, and Just because another one happened that may be considered more egregious.
0: Or you know, it's a big
1: group. Yeah. It's group
0: sinning. Now you lived through the riots in the
1: 90s. Yes, I believe it was 92.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As a child. Mm-hmm. And the Rodney King
1: riots were in your neighborhood. Oh, it was on my street. Like, <laughs> like don't play no games, people. I stood on the corner and I watched... Police car after police car after police car. Reginald Denny got beat
0: and pulled out of his truck yeah. like one block from Two your house. Two from my house. Yeah.
1: Um, they pulled the, up that fire hydrant and beat him. Yes. Um, What else? Like, I, I was listening to uh, a news guy talk about how it was horrible that the police chief um, withdrew his, his police officers from that area. The L.A. police chief did the same thing. Because I remember there was like... There was like a perimeter
0: of, here's the area, we're going to let you riot.
1: Yeah, but I mean, even in the middle of that, in the middle of... After they had been sent in, he called them back and told them to retreat because... They were going to be killed. There were, it was like police car after police car, like this huge line running down Normandy Avenue with like liquor bottles in the front of their windshields with police officers bleeding on their faces. It was, it was go for blood. Like no one was playing. And so it's, if I have to choose between people burning down their neighborhood or all of my officers getting killed or some of my officers getting killed so that they can't go home to their families when there are other possibilities, I'm going to have to choose This one. You know what I mean? And I know that doesn't sound right. I know people are like, no, we shouldn't just let people riot, but should we allow our officers to be killed? Well sometimes we have to make hard trade offs. Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying. That's
0: the world that's the reality of living in a sinful world Mm -hmm. is is how do we contain the sin? Yeah. We can't eliminate the sin, but we have to have hard conversations about complicated issues to how to contain the Mm -hmm. sin. And so um you know, for let's go on to number three, because we're already there. I'm
1: going to address a comment really quick. Okay. Um, and that says statistically, way more white people are killed um, by police officers. I think when you just look at hard numbers. That's yes, true. That is true. But there are way more white people. In America, so they get the You have to look at the ratios, and that comment is not actually true. And they're still doing. The 2015 report um, says that it's pretty close, but there's still a lot more data that needs to be to be gathered to be able to say who who is at top. Because so it was you have to be careful close. when you're
0: yes quoting those statistics yes. because it can be a little. Like gaslighting. Black
1: people are yeah. only 13% of the population. Yeah. And if, we, if we're 13% of the population and make up 47% of police murder yeah. or police death, there's a problem there.
0: Yeah. So that's something to consider. All right. Number three in our conversation and our family meeting tonight, our third point is how do I support my fellow image bearers? And we're, we're already talking about this mm-hmm. because- it,
1: it, I want to be clear. This is not how do I support white image bearers? How do I support black image bearers? People, we are first Christians. We first bear the image of God. And that takes priority and place over my ethnicity. Now, where am I looking? Dang, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) y'all. Does that mean that my skin color doesn't come into play? No, should we be ignorant of things that impact blacks or impact whites or Latinos or whatever? No, we should know what's happening so that we can know better how to pray for somebody, how to reach a certain community, um, whatever. But when when we're saying, how do I support my fellow image bearers? I think a lot. And I just read, I read something today by a very famous um Christian pastor, and he was like, you know, white people, you need to remember, you need to support us like A, B, C, and D. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, okay, I can see see what you're trying to get at, but again, this is how do we support the family, and the family isn't just black people, and there are other people in the family that are also hurting.
0: And let's talk about that, because can we have a family conversation that... We're family. Yeah. We're family first as Christians. And this is... The- and we should be having a conversation about all of us.
1: Yes. And one of the reasons why, um, and uh, gosh, one of the reasons why we called it a family discussion and that I brought up to Krista later was it's kind of like culture right now is the crazy uncle or the crazy friend. And you, have six days out of the week, Monday through Saturday, you know we we surrounded by this crazy uncle the cousins like this the, these people over here and then on sunday we get to come back together we have that one day of the week where we get to be together and we get to check in on each other how you doing i know it's rough out there you staying afloat you crying a lot like what's going on with you but then i feel like sometimes we get into church and the check-in isn't there. We want to talk about, oh, the dog The dog needs to go well, for a walk or something. I don't know. But, but we want well, to have a- number four. Just oh. wait. Just wait. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> jump ahead. I didn't <laughs> jump ahead in the family meetings. Pardon me. That's all right. Sorry about that.
0: But, See, this is why I need you to keep me on track. But I, I want to go back to the point about caring for image bearers. Mm-hmm. Because we're all, I had a blog post last week that we, all humans are image bearers. I'm going to repeat that. All humans are image bearers. Let me repeat that one more time. All humans, all. Now, now who's in the set of all? Everybody. Everybody. Okay. So whoever it is that the media or your social media feed is jitting you up to speak slander against, Mm -hmm. that person's an image bearer. That group is an image bearer. So if it's cops, those are image bearers, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a different race, those are image bearers. Mm -hmm. As Christians, we don't engage in slander against one another. Scripture calls it bearing false witness. We don't pronounce curses over each other. Mm -hmm. It says in the book of James that we don't worship with our mouths on Sunday and then speak curses over our neighbor on another day. Mm-hmm. We, such things should not be. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind when you're on social media or when you're thinking about people. If you're even thinking in your mind, I, I hate cops. Or what was one of them we had? I've seen. Um, I can't even with white people mm-hmm. anymore. Or black people are always angry. Why do black people destroy their neighborhoods? Mm-hmm you know, or calling people Karen, this is exactly what scripture is speaking against. God's people should have no part of that. And so if, if, if somebody's inviting you to a party to make those kinds of pronouncements over entire groups of people,
1: that's not a party, that's not an invitation you want to accept. It isn't an invitation you want to accept. And I also would stretch people a little to say, "Mm, what if you were the different voice, the one that kind of shut those ideas down or offered an alternative view of different people groups? Because I I feel like it's so easy to be like, you know, in a conversation and somebody, "Mm, you know how them white people do. Ugh, white people, all they care about is they property tax, and they don't want us to burn them down so that they can go shop. Da, 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 da. But I it's seem like, to remember a certain uh, person saying that to me. Who? You want me to go get them? <laughs> you know, in the beginning. But see, here's the thing it's like, especially among Christians. Because, again, I, I kind of hold the stand that I don't really have any jurisdiction over culture, but I can definitely speak into the church. And when we do think because I have been I will be honest, I have been part of those conversations with my church group, my church buddies. And I, I feel like what the place I'm in now is just a wider a wider opening um, for a stand that I've always had regarding family. Don't come from my family. Like, that's just it. Like, you want to come from my family, we can throw down right there. Like, that's just it. And I'm beginning to see that in the body of Christ, we are family. So don't come from my family. Like, just don't come for them. And that's one of the reasons why I speak out against CRT, because I feel like it it villainizes it and – um and like really comes down so hard on white brothers and sisters, but they're still my brothers and sisters. So how am I going to first? Yeah, first more than their race. Yeah. first. Yes. So how am I going to make a stand for my family? Um. So, yes, I think that, you know, we don't slander. We don't use or um, pronounce curses over other people. And when we do see that happening, how do we stand for the family? Yeah. Like this is a this is a family meeting. Y'all don't let folks come for your family. Like just being real. Like we don't. We all we are a and family.
0: According to some reports, there was a very nice write up in Christianity Today that uh, George Floyd was a was a Christian, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's he he was a brother in the Lord. All right, we got some more questions coming in. Man, more fam- family even- questions. So Rachel wants us to tackle this whole question about all lives matter versus black lives matter. Mm -hmm. And, um, faith says she doesn't understand that one either. Shouldn't all lives matter. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about, about that a little bit, because I think that that is a point of confusion for
1: some people. Okay. So I used to be huge on black lives matter. Um, especially in Africa before I, before I moved back home. Um, and I would, I would look at it this way. Like, when there is a shooting, when there's an earthquake, when there's some kind of huge disaster in an area or a region, it is... Gosh, let me see. Okay, so in Northern California, there's a county called Sonoma County, and they had huge fires. Their hashtag during this time was Sonoma Strong. Um, when there was an earthquake somewhere like there there are these hashtags like you know pray for this place pray for that place when we look at black lives and the idea that there's a probability that we are being killed more because we are being tar- and i'm i'm just giving this as a hypothetical not saying that this is what i believe that if we are being pulled over more, which then leads to black arrests more, which then potentially could lead to black death more, people are saying, hey, like, yes, all lives matter. But black lives matter. It's kind of like pray for Sonoma County, Sonoma Strong. Like, it's a hashtag to remind us, like, there's something happening in this lane that needs to be addressed. There's an injustice here that needs to be addressed.
0: And I'm going to, I'm going to, Bring that out a little bit more, Mm a little bit more clarity there Mm -hmm. is that the problem is, is that I think in principle, I'm not talking about the Black Lives Matter as an entity. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the philosophical principle Mm -hmm. right now. So I don't want to have any chat questions that, you know, about us being affiliated with George Soros or supporting Black Lives Matter and any of that. That's not what this is about. This is about the philosophical idea of the image of God and image bearers. Yes. And so what we're saying is that, and this is one of the themes on my live stream on Tuesday night, is that what black people are trying to draw our attention to is that they want crimes of black victims to be as vigorously investigated, as vigorously prosecuted, as vigorously incarcerated Mm -hmm. as it would be if there was a victim of another race. Mm-hmm. They want equal justice. Yes. And that is not an unreasonable expectation. Yes. And the numbers, the statistics seem to bear it out that when there is a Black victim, oftentimes it is not as vigorously prosecuted, it is not as vigorously investigated, it is not as vigorously yeah. penalized. Mm-hmm as if it is a person of another race. Likewise, they would say that if the person is a is a black person who is the accused, that those people are not treated in the same way as if the accused was from another race. Yes. And what they're wanting is equal treatment, yeah. that that their accused would be given quality defense, mm-hmm. that their accused would be given um, the, benefit the benefit of, of the doubt mm-hmm. and innocent until proven guilty and instead only...
1: of guilty until you can prove yourself innocent. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. So this is what the black lives matter is, is trying to draw our attention to
1: mm-hmm.
0: now. the Go ahead. Do you want to say something else?
1: I was going to say, I was going to move on to all lives matter. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, exactly what I was going to do too. But for me, yes, all lives do matter. It's kind of like, it's, it's, It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, there were there were fires in Sonoma County, Sonoma Strong, Sonoma Matters, Pray for Sonoma does not take away anything from Los Angeles County. We still love people in Los Angeles County. I still love people in Texas. I still love people in Taiwan. I still love people in Nova Scotia. Like The area doesn't matter, but these people are experiencing an emergency right now. Now just like I said, that doesn't negate all life. That also doesn't mean that I'm a proponent of the Black Lives Matter movement. I think that they have a lot of holes and a lot of things that they aren't investigating. I wish that there was a movement that upheld all of these tenets for all people. And so, yes, you could have a hashtag that says Black Lives Matter, but I could also have a hashtag that says White Lives Matter. But if I put up a hashtag that says White Lives Matter, I feel like my Facebook would break. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like the whole thing would just shudder and crumble because that is not where our society is. And yet, as Christians, that is something that we should be upholding, that all lives do matter. Equally. And equally. And yet understand that this is where this is coming from.
0: So I saw, I don't know if Bob, Bob's so magical sometimes, he sent us a, a picture earlier of some cops or some, I know you don't, uh, I'll try to improvise here, of some black men protecting a cop mm-hmm. in one of the cities. And I thought, now, this is an image that we wouldn't see on, I don't think, on most mainstream media outlets, mm-hmm. You know, because it ruins the narrative. Yes. It ruins the narrative that there are people who do see cops as image bearers. And it ruins the narrative that black people are not just emotionally reacting to everything, that they're not thoughtful people. So this is.
1: Come on through people. Come, come, come on, cousins. Yes.
0: That's yes. how we
1: do it. Yes. Yes. So this cop somehow got separated from
0: his from his group, and these guys jumped in to make sure that he was safe. So, you know, this is the kind of thing that—it doesn't fit the, the narrative. Yeah. But this is exactly what we as Christians ought to be thinking about, ought to be talking about, that everyone is an image bearer. Mm-hmm. And George Floyd was an image bearer, and that's a tragedy, and that life was lost. And God's justice demands that it be looked into and investigated
1: properly. Um, Another thing that we talked about regarding— what, what is the question now? See, we didn't got so far down. Sorry, folks. Um, you know, we just having a conversation. So supporting fellow image bearers is avoiding the either or conversations. And I really like this because it, we talked about Black Lives Matter. And it's either that Black Lives Matter or all lives matter and all lives matter means that you're racist and you don't care about black life that's not true. And I don't care if culture says that it is true. I'll tell culture that's not true. You can be for both. You can be for black life and you can be for all life because hello, black life is part of all life. And so to me, it's not this game of, I have to write the hashtag black lives matter. Although when you don't write the hashtag black lives matter, then there's this assumption. We're going to cancel you. (laughs) Come for me if you want to. Um, (laughs)
0: OK, are we ready to go on to the next. one. Level yeah. Four? All right. So looks like on the chat, we did a good job of explaining that issue. It seems like it was helpful to people. The black lives, all lives matter. thing. So that's good. Um. OK, let's go on to number four. Oh, I love you,
1: too, Jane. <laughs> Hi. And yes, I do know that I owe you a phone call. I'm so sorry. I posted on Twitter that most cops are good. Some guys said that is a lie because they all cover for each other. You know, when we when we give the benefit of the doubt to people, we give the benefit of the doubt. And to me, that's that's the biblical principle. Um, Are there bad cops? Yes. Are there good
0: cops? Yes. Yeah.
1: Are there bad civilians? Yes. Are there good civilians? Yes. Are there bad white people? Oh, yes. Are there good white people? Yes. Are there bad black people? Uh-huh. Are there good black people? Oh, yes. Yes. Depends on what day you get me. I could be in either of those categories. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but I heard today,
0: um, I saw a tweet. Um, I won't say who it is because I don't want to put them on blast as a famous person. Mm-hmm. But they were saying, you know, that the goal has to be the end of racism. And I said to you on our walk, uh I said, that's the wrong goal. Yeah. Because humans are sinful.
1: There will always be racism, people. like yourself. Always.
0: If you're going to think like a Christian, you're going to have to understand and know and stop saying, I'm so shocked that in this day and age, we're still having race-based problems. You're not thinking like a Christian. You're not thinking Clearly racism is not a white problem it's not an american problem it's a sin problem it's a sin problem yeah. and as long as there has been sinners there have been hatred in our hearts toward people who are from a different culture a different a different ethnicity a different language There's this is a isms. sin problem this will not go away until jesus comes back mm-hmm. okay people so don't let someone pee you into a corner. That the goal is the end of racism. That's not the right goal. Mm -hmm. It is not the right. The goal should
1: be heart transformation.
0: It's the gospel. Yes. The gospel goes out and it transforms hearts and that in turn transforms culture. Okay. We're going to get to that later in the tweet of the week. So we won't go down that path. Okay. We don't have a fan tonight. This is just really hurting. I need a
1: fan. I know um how are we doing on face on facebook comments i
0: don't know rachel what is rachel's comment my i can't read i wish
1: the media wouldn't target the cops as a whole rather than single out those cops that were in the wrong in the situation instead it was broadcast as racism versus a corrupt person doing wrong but rachel i also think that that's just the media's you know that's That's just their 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 narrative their thing because as soon as you know a few black people do something, then everybody does it. I, I've seen that, too. Yeah. I think the tides are turning right now, and, you know, it's more of whites and things like that. But, yeah, the media is just, y'all, they corrupt. I can't even with them. Um Kristen says, sin problem. Yes, need that reminder when it gets heated. It is painful when Christians have polarized positions on race issues, though. It really is. It is it's so damaging when we forget that at the heart of all of this is the wickedness in man's heart. You know, um, I, w- I was in the bathroom, I was doing my makeup. And um, yeah, I don't know why I said that, but you know, I was in the I was doing my makeup. And um, I felt like, I felt like I, I started this conversation with the Lord of like, gosh, it feels like the whole world is just crazy right now. We can't go outside in a lot of places. But remember the coronavirus? You know? Those were fun times. But then the murder hornets. It came. was.
0: It was so it's such a simpler time. It was. We were all locked in the house. It was. It was. You know, and and now it just feels like, well, the coronavirus wasn't working anymore. And so a proverbial he here. life. And oh, when Ramirez, and he,
1: what? edwin how do yes. we get you on our show? Yes, yes, yes. thaddeus Williams told me to reach out to you. You know what you just you just expect a little message from me, um, okay, but anyway, back to what I was saying, so I was doing my makeup, and I really felt like Edwin Ramirez just commented on our show. I know I'm telling you y'all y'all don't even know what happened. you, you just don't <laughs> even know. um I felt like Holy Spirit was saying, pray for forgiveness, mm. like when when the whole world felt like it was upside down when Jesus was being crucified, when Jesus was being murdered, um, you had the Romans, you had the Jews, you had this weird sect of people who have now left Judaism and their Jewish positions kind of to go and follow after this man who they don't know, nobody really know who he is. Are they Jews? No, are they not?
0: Well, and even what in the this, Judaism, and there's this? a lot of factions. Yeah, there was the-, the zealots who thought they wanted... To overturn the government, you know, and then there was
1: the Pharisees that yes. were like the religious path is the there. path we must go. We, you know, a whole bunch of folks was enslaved. Yeah. like there's all the, these things, and now yeah, this one man third is, of the world
0: was slaves. Yeah, at that time, I
1: want to say it was more. Two, I want to say it was two thirds. It's a it, was a, it lot. was a lot. Yeah, but and now this guy is being killed, and people were following him. And what happens now? And the Lord's prayer was, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. As Christians, we have to get back to that place.
0: Well, that's it, number five. That, You're always jumping ahead, but that's okay. But it
1: was, you know, you know what? <laughs> just do what the spirit leads you. It, you know, I'm just going to say it out. Anyway, we'll yeah. come back to the comments., yeah. but it, we have to be at a place of being able to say, father, forgive them. Yeah. Where we can love the murderer's family enough to say, Father, forgive him. What can we can for we... for he knew not what he would because surely if he knew what he was doing, I have to believe that he wouldn't have chose that path. You know, like Father, forgive them. How do we and
0: forgive him? Forgive yes. the murderers. Yes, forgive, you know, and, and forgive my wicked heart that I, for one second, thought I'm better than him. I'm not as much of a sinner as him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or my heart that wants vengeance. Yeah. Because oh, oh, I'm not going to talk for nobody else because this is the family meeting and I got to talk for myself. But I can get, I can go to that place of like, off with his head, you know, (laughs) like vengeance. And that is that just shows the depravity and wickedness in my own heart. Yeah. Okay, number four. Okay, because we've already hit number five. You know what? (laughs) We'll come back. Don't worry.
0: Number four. What is the church's role in confronting injustice. So uh, this is a big question Mm -hmm. in my social media of, you know, what should we do? And this is uh, the point that I put in our notes here is I'm going to have a little family talk here with the pastors. Yes. And the church leaders Mm -hmm. and the elders. Can you please have some conversations about how the Bible connects to real life? Like, you know, when people are going through this kind of chaos and they show up to church on Sunday and we're not talking about the things that they're actually going through and they don't know how to think about it from a historically Christian point of view, we're not helping them. Mm-hmm. We're not. We've got to help people understand and interpret the, the what is happening around them and how the Christian worldview comes to bear on these questions. And please Please, I'm begging you, please do not just fall into the pit of promoting social justice. Mm -hmm. Like that is not going to help things. If you haven't thought about a solid biblically grounded theology, of race issues and racial reconciliation. I don't like that term, but that's not the conversation we're having right now. But if you, if you don't have like a really rigorous biblical theology about it, don't just go find white fragility and start giving that out to your small group leaders. Like that's not a path forward, okay? So pastors, please help us. You know, it, help us have the conversations that we need to have in our local churches if you don't know what to do, contact us. Contact we us. We have a training
1: for that. Yes. No, but I mean, seriously, a lot of pastors, I think, would say, you know, I don't know how to do that. I'm white. I don't I don't know how to speak into this space. And or I'm white. I shouldn't speak into this space. Boy,
0: we're getting those letters. Y- yes. Be- people.
1: Yeah. No. You're, you're writing to Monique
0: because you want her to do the heavy lifting because you feel like you can't speak out on things because you're not black no, see, you need to have the moral courage to stand up. Yes. You yes. need to stand up for these biblical principles and not just go with the flow of all the white fragility conversation. And I, the, the minute you say, I can't speak into this because I'm white, you don't realize it, but you've already let the critical race theory train leave the station.
1: Mm-hmm. You've already bought into the framework. Yes. Oh girl, I'm a fan you. Yes, I am. Come on. Somebody, Kristen said, we need a shareable clip of Krista's message. I said, yes and amen. Okay. Yes and amen. Bob will
0: write that time code down and yes. we'll get yes. that clip if he was in
1: black church? Girl. <laughs> I need me a fan. I'm We're going to have a fan by next show, y'all. We're going to get a fan. Hashtag fan. Yes. And yeah, and then that little elbow popping music. like, da, 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 da. Yeah, y'all know. You know. I know you know. Real okay.
0: life says, come on, sister. Real talk. Yes. Yes. For real. Okay. Now, he's he's knows. he he, He's a man who knows. He came out of critical race theory, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did.
1: So... We can be putting this stuff, up. we don't know him. But we sorry, we don't mean to be putting your stuff up public. there. Okay, okay, I'm like just saying. On his Twitter feed, he says that. Um, question from Rachel: How would you address someone using white privilege against you, or not using your white privilege to spread justice? How would you address someone using using white privilege against you, that's or not? Facebook, that's similar to a Facebook comment here. How should we think about the term white privilege? Okay, so let me start with Christina's question um, and mull over Rachel's question. Um, here's the thing is white privilege a thing? Yes. That's the, I'm just going to call a thing a thing. Is black privilege a thing? Yes. The, every group has certain sets of privileges that. Kind of just come with some of the territory and it depends how you cut
0: that pie. It doesn't have
1: to be a racial thing. It It could be like,
0: I have a privilege because I, and this is not true of me, but I had two parents growing up.
1: You know, that's there's a, there's certain privileges. There yeah. there are married people privileges. There are single people privileges. There are Christian privilege. I'm a Christian. There's certain privileges that I get to experience. I don't know that I all the time want to submit myself to the cultural narrative of white privilege of because what I'm really saying is that you know whites is a little bit better than me. Like they they get all this. Uh, that's kind of how it, it hits me. I don't know that I believe that. I, I do think that there are things that have impacted our society that we are now seeing the repercussions of. So when you look at things like redlining, redlining was a privilege given to whites saying that they could live in this neighborhood. They could receive loans from these banks. They could have in, um, homes insured by all of these places and black people couldn't. That was a privilege. One of the benefits we see of that privilege now is some wealth inequality. What do we do with that? I'm still wrestling. That's one of the things the Lord is wrestling with. I'm wrestling with the Lord on, but. The Lord's not wrestling. No, no, no. He ain't wrestling, (laughs) y'all. That's me. I'm wrestling. (laughs) But today, the way I see black privilege taking place. Oh, and I know somebody's going to write me on this one. Boy, I feel like I should just turn off my computer now. (laughs) is the fact that I can cry racism and I immediately can be believed. And I expect that I am believed based on the color of my skin and based on the history of our nation. I don't know that that is something that should be so easily believed. And I, I put this out there a little while ago on social media and people were like, uh, (laughs) yeah, but it, that is something that comes with the territory. And if you don't believe me, that because if you don't believe that me as a black woman, when I cry racism, if you don't believe it's true, then you are racist for not believing my lived experience.
0: So it, it, I think what people need to understand is <laughs> I it's white privilege is a thing in the sense that privileges exist and all groups, depending on how you slice that pie, would have different privileges. What we're not saying is that white privilege is a thing in the critical race theory sense, that it is almost like the original sin. It is Whiteness
1: is the original sin. Yeah, that
0: you can't get... Racism and whiteness. You you can't get rid of it. There's nothing you can do. You're always going to be kind of an enslaved to whiteness if unless you get woke, and then you're only good until somebody comes along and says you're not woke enough and then you lose your woke guard and then it's sort of over.
1: So who are you writing to? Su- Susanna says privilege for a black woman to get tacos from a truck without a mask. That
0: are we to tell said, that story? shh
1: not everybody was there.
0: <laughs> so the other day we go to the stop at the taco truck on the way home and I realized I don't have a mask. And so I'm standing there and I'm like uh, I don't have a mask. How am I going to order? And Monique's like, I don't care. I'm just
1: going to go up there to the window and I'm going to order my tacos. But that's not and- because I'm black. That's just because I have an attitude. <laughs> I need to really submit. I have to learn. And
0: all I could think of is I don't want to end up on Twitter and be called a Karen. So maybe I won't
1: get any tacos. And-, and then she stood way off to the side and made me talk to her from a distance. <laughs> I didn't understand. Yeah, it... You guys, y'all just pray for me. That That's what we need. But Monique did get tacos. Yes, w- I did. Without a mask. Yes, I did. Because I was getting me some of those street tacos. Ooh, that truck is good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I had to get Rona, I would definitely be willing to take a Rona, to take Rona from a, a taco truck. Like if, if if I knew that I was safe everywhere else, but there was a sketchy possibility that he'd get it going to a taco truck, I would take that chance. Because those tacos, ooh, y'all, it's a blessing. <laughs> um, okay.
0: All right. So we... Uh... We're talking about our big point here, let's refresh us, is what is the church's role in confronting injustice? I think a really practical thing that a a regular person can do is try to just tune into your neighbor in the pew. Like, what are they going through? Yes. You know, how much effort are we putting in? Like, why do we have to always be in the macro conversation? If I'm going to speak out against all of these social ills. How much time have you really invested in knowing the people in your small group and what they're going through? Do they have immediate family who are struggling with incarceration? Are they struggling with um, depression? You've been been looking at my notes. You've been looking at my notes. Suicide. You sure? You know, are they going through a divorce? Like everybody has... Something. Challenges. Yes, everybody has things in their life that have happened to them that have been unjust. Yeah. We live in a fallen world. People have had their their spouse of thirty years leave them suddenly for someone else. That's unjust. People have had people incarcerated and arrested for crimes they didn't commit. That's mm-hmm. unjust. We all have. I, I had an a parent abandon me as a child. I had no say in that. That was unjust. That we all have things we struggle with, but how much energy have we put into knowing our neighbor in the pew?
1: Yes, I completely agree. Um, we I lead a book study, in case you guys didn't know, um, on Sunday nights. We're going through this book, The Third Option. And, and we're starting a new one we, soon. We are. we a new one. You can even. sign up. But that, that point came up because they were like, you know, well, how much... Should I really care about race issues or how much should I um, be concerned about systemic injustice or, you know, which is a whole other thing all by itself. But um, to me, the way I look at it is if if your neighbor is potentially going through these things or experiencing these things, if if your neighbor belongs to a group of people that is different than the group of people you belong to. You should know them. It's part of loving your neighbor, being able to, to have conversations and not just holding yourself back saying, well, that's not my people group. So why should I care? You know, I gave the example of um, white middle-aged men who are Christians, especially being targeted in culture right now, down with the patriarchy, um, you know, like this whole conversation that's happening in culture. Well, if I don't know that that's happening when my brother, because we family, when my brother comes into church, I can just give him that high five or that side bump, you know. And you think, oh, he's and, white privilege. Oh, he, I don't need to worry about he him. He good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But not understanding what really could be happening in his heart. So then I, I miss all of that. But I can also be aware and alert and say, hey, no, really, how are you? You know, I can walk up to a woman who may be of a different ethnicity than me and say, no, hey, how are you? You know, like with the whole um COVID-19. So we're actually going to see each other as human beings. Well, yeah, this human is, beings have, that may doing? have different issues, but like COVID-19, a lot of um, Asian Americans experienced a lot of, of rough comments and things like that. And I walk up to you in church, you my sister. And I'm just like, Hey, you good? And like, Yeah, I'm good. But you know, not realizing or not aware of all of the things that she's been through in the week because she's been out of, of the, the true family circle. I just, I don't know. I have a take on it that we should know what's going on in culture so that when we come into the church, into our family, we can have real family conversation, man. I know that this is happening.
0: But we degrade one another when we say things like, well, I don't need to check on on you because you're rich, or I don't need to check on in on you because you're in this other
1: group. We're all human. You're not going to want to have me check in on you because you probably think this about me. Yeah.
0: You probably, yeah, that's perfect. We, we have to start seeing each other as human beings first, image bearers first, and brothers and sisters in the Lord. Yeah. You know, that that's, that's, that's what,
1: the, we are family. Yeah. Like, oh, who, who sings that song? Point of sisters. We are family. Oh, I think it's point of sisters. Um, <laughs> but if we're family, then we have to stand for one another as family. Yeah. And then come for f- don't come for the family y'all. That's all I'm saying is don't come for the family. Do you know how long we've been talking? Probably a while, but that's all right. An we still have a half, almost an hour and a half. It's an hour and 18 minutes. Don't remind people. I don't want people to get tired. Okay. Sh- okay. What is all the right, the last question? Let's go on to number 5. Why is holding a biblical perspective important? Now I said I'm going to let you hold on to this one. You can go ahead and run with this question cuz i be I'm like, about to go off right now. You, well, okay, let me let me say what I'm gonna say then all first. Right. Cause, <laughs> Cause you know, if I gotta start fanning you and stuff. Um if we don't have a biblical perspective, what is our foundation? I feel like all of the the Black Lives Matter, the social justice movement, social justice warriors, they're borrowing, to use your words, they're borrowing from our worldview. If 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 it wasn't for the Christian worldview that says everyone has dignity, value, and worth, they don't have anything to stand on aside from naturalism. It's it's we don't want to treat people this way because why? why? Yeah. You know, like, and there's this idea of I can use my natural efforts to make natural things better. Yeah. I can use my my hands, the toil of my labor, my my money to make someone, you know, have a more equitable standing in society. But it's the Christian take that says we first need to address your sin. There's repentance needed. There is relationship with Jesus needed. And then let's look at heart transformation to make an impact into our culture and into our society. But without that, we have nothing. The biblical perspective is needed um, because what are we left with without it?
0: Okay. So now I'm going to have a little rant (laughs) because I just can't anymore. Sister
1: Sledge. Yes, that's who it was.
0: (laughs) So here's the thing. I am so tired of the conversations about justice I'm almost to the point where I don't want to hear the word justice because it's being so hijacked in our culture. Yes, justice is a biblical idea, but our culture is borrowing it from us, and they're distorting it, and they're redefining it. If you don't have God, you don't have justice. Justice is- Oh, that's good. You you cannot separate God from justice. If you don't have God, you don't have justice, okay? So- Justice is something that flows out of the very character and essence of who our creator is. If you don't have God in the equation, you don't have justice. You can't arrive there because you won't have anything to tell you what is just or unjust. You have no measuring stick. You have no ruler. You have nothing. You have The court of public opinion, mob mentality, consensus, majority rule, whatever you want to call it, but you you cannot arrive at what is right or wrong, just or unjust, if you don't have God, because justice exists in the mind and character of God. Here's the thing. All of these justice conversations, even the ones that I'm seeing from prominent, big name, I would love to call them out, even Big Eva Evangelical leaders, they drive me insane because- they, I thought you
1: said Big Eva.
0: I was like, who Big Eva? Big Eva is like Big Evangelical. That's the big machine. It's like the gospel coalition and all these people. They're the well-paid people. I'm just a normal person over here trying to figure out where's the Bible. They they, 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 they throw out a scripture like Benny Hinn throws out a scripture. They, they just have a thin veneer of scriptural proof and then they, they go out into the world and they bring the whole system and the whole framework into the church. That is not how we do justice. We start with a vigorous and rigorous look at scripture. You can go back to my live stream just a few days ago for the beginning of a conversation about justice. I got so many scriptures in there. This is why I probably don't have half a million followers because it's not a three minute video. It's, this is, we have got to get back to scripture and having our mind renewed with scripture and our emotions attached to scripture. We have to have scriptural definitions for justice. We have to have scriptural examples for justice. We have to look at all of these things. So we, we cannot allow our emotions to lead the conversation or mob rule. We cannot sin by following the mob. I don't care how appealing it is. And please stop telling me to love my neighbor without defining what love is. The only way I know what love is, is through the law. It's through God's decrees. It's through his commandments. That's how I know what love is. That's how I know how God defines love. I'm not interested in the world's definition of love. I'm not interested in the world's definition of justice. If you're going to tell me to love my neighbor, you better tell me what that looks like. And I'm not going to know how that looks unless I look at the scripture. I don't know it through through consensus or voting or anything else. And I, if we're going to have a conversation about justice, don't come at me with the world's definition of justice. Okay, so we're going to talk. We're going to have a a real conversation here. Monique doesn't know I'm going to do this. And then she's going to.
1: Well, here we go. (laughs) Here
0: we we go. So we're going to talk for a minute here about the Center for Biblical Unity. And we're going to talk about what it is that Monique's trying to do. Because this cultural moment that we're in, this chaos, this is exactly what we have been warning you for almost a year now of where this is heading. And if you like what we're doing here, and if you want to say, I feel helpless, I don't know what to do, and you want to have a stake in the race and justice conversation from a distinctly Christian point of view, I want to urge you and and, and encourage you to get connected with Monique and ask the Lord whether he wants you to start financially partnering with her. But we have to figure out a way because this woman's working sometimes 12 hours a day, to just to survive. And if if she's going to be out there as the voice that we need to do the trainings and to do the things that God has uniquely and strategically placed her to do, we she needs some financial partnerships. She lived as a missionary for four and a half years. She lived on the generous donations of people that made it possible for her to do ministry. And now I'm, I think we have to start having a conversation of how do we deploy Monique as a missionary to our own culture in the middle of this chaos. And I want to encourage you Like she's getting the Center for Biblical Unity going. She's got all her paperwork in place. You can't get a tax donation quite yet because we have to wait for the government to process these papers and that takes time. And there's things that are beyond our control right now. But but partner with her, DM her, tell her like, hey, I wanna have a stake in it even if there's no tax donation for me or tax deduction for me right now. Start thinking about, praying about, asking the Lord about how you can partner with what she's doing in this groundbreaking ministry that she is going to be a unique voice and stand for biblical unity. And we're not going to back down. We're not going to compromise. We're not going to water it down. We're going to find and make that third pass, path and equip and training pastors, helping lay people and, and figuring out a way forward because this cultural moment, we can't go on like this. We have to, have a better way. And we think that the, that the church has a better way, a better way. So go, go DM her. If the Lord leads you start supporting her, think about what you can do to partner with her in that. She had no idea I was going to do that, but.
1: Nope. I'm just sitting here, (laughs) just sitting here. So maybe
0: Bob can put up her website. You can go to the Center for Biblical Unity and start a conversation with Monique about partnership and what you want to do uh, to be part of what she is building there because we need to deploy her so that she's not trying to work full time just to live and being able to put out some quality resources to help equip and train
1: people. So, well, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of just shocked and taken off guard, but I, <laughs> I mean, in, in the best way, not, you know, any funny way. Um, yeah, no, I, I am. I think you said something this morning that really um, blew my mind when you said that you you heard a pastor mention like the reason why we don't have unity right now is because there's no one who really has a prophetic vision for it. And I was like, well, you know what? I kind of do. We do. Like, we have a vision for something different than what culture currently offers. And, you know, I said it earlier in the show, like, culture is offering us this. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Culture is going to offer you the best Kool-Aid that they say is coming around. Don't, Don't take it. You know, Christ offers us the best and we cannot accept what culture offers because it won't be the best. There will always be something flawed, something left out. Um, One of the things that's going around in in, on social media is um, white people do something. But that's that's a culture. That's a critical theory, critical race theory narrative. Do something. You have to do the work, continually do the work. Christ has done the work and we get to participate with him, but that work looks like humility. It looks like compassion. It looks like forgiveness, grace. Um, You know, like the the work that culture is going to invite you into and the work that Christ invites you into are two different veins. And so, what does unity really look like? How do we get there? We don't necessarily get there the way that culture tells us to get there. It's a different bus. You know, <laughs> culture is trying to get on this ride, bus. We're not going to ride
0: the critical theory bus we're and not ride riding, at the kingdom no, of God. No. That's and going and, to a different destination. And in
1: fact, what we will do is go to churches and meet with pastors and discuss how do they now recapture their church from the woke ideology that has become so prevalent among their parishioners. Yeah. We have to recapture this. We have to, to really cultivate good ground if we truly want unity within, within our communities.
0: Well, along those lines, that just is perfect segue to go to my tweet of the week.
1: The tweet of the week. Oh,
0: kind of caught me off guard here.
1: That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that.
0: Okay, our tweet oh, of the no, week is no dance. from Daryl Harrison. Yes. From the Just Thinking podcast, which is a podcast. Him and
1: Virgil, Omaha.
0: We have enjoyed from time to time. And one way to distinguish, I thought this is the best tweet of just like, that's it. Nailed it. In a small tweet. One way to distinguish the biblical gospel from the social gospel is that the social gospel pre- preaches structural transformation the works in society from the outside in, whereas the biblical gospel preaches spiritual transformation, the works in society from the inside out. Fire. Fire.
1: He's just dropping is,
0: knowledge. Yes, that is some, Daryl's bringing the truth there yeah. because that is the thing. And and this is the shell game of the social gospel is that it does talk about transformation. It does talk about many things that there's compatibility of justice with the historic Christian worldview, but how you get there is completely different. Mm-hmm. The Christian worldview says there is a way to transform this broken, sinful culture with demonic systems in it, and but it starts in the human heart. It starts in people repenting of their sins and getting empowered by the Holy Spirit. Then we start thinking about how do we bring the laws and decrees of God and his, mm-hmm. his standards to bear in the culture? But we cannot get there. If we only do structural changes, but we never penetrate the human heart, we will always be left with a sinful structure. We will, we will not be able to overcome that. We have to start with the hearts. We have to start with changed and transformed Lives, so any any thoughts about
1: that? I'm kind of still stuck on what you said about CFBU. Sorry, <laughs> Center for Biblical Unity. Yeah, so no, <laughs> I know that's wrong. And you're just gonna leave me hanging there. All right. It, no, it, it's kind of like I said earlier. We have to start. The transformation has to start within our heart and with Jesus. We can't start with critical theory. We can't start with critical race theory. It can't be that. The church now leaves their position, goes out into culture, gathers the good pieces or the pieces that they feel are good and compatible with the Christian worldview and bring that up into the church. Yeah. That's feeding on rat poison. Yeah, We have to be the light. We have to be the ones to come up with the way for true <laughs> unity, according to scripture, and send that out into culture. It's very, very different Because one is giving something healthy into a community. The other one is going out into that community, picking up the rat poison or the junk food and bringing that into the church and wondering why it's not working. We have woke ideology. Take take, um, Minnesota, for example. They're completely democratic, their police chief and like all of their police force has done all the training, all the racial training, all the, you know, bias, all like all of that. And yet a black man was still killed or a person, an image bearer was still killed unjustly. Mm. We, we have to, to say, no, this is what scripture says. And we take that out into culture because if you don't, if you aren't giving that to culture, nothing else is going to work. Like what they offer us isn't hope or um, healing or anything. They, they don't have that because they don't have Christ.
0: Yeah. That's the thing is this, the, the results are always going to be so limited because they don't have Christ. Well, my friends, that's the show. Yeah. And proverbial life, please come on our
1: show. Yes. We really want to hear your story. Yes. Pray for the twin cities. Pray um, for we had, pray we for had, we everybody. Sorry, I thought you were reading oh. it. Oh, sorry, yeah, I didn't <laughs> out loud. Yeah, That's you can see today. it better. Please the be in watching. prayer for the situation in the Twin Cities. Every hour, there are new updates about agitators. Ag- agitators, yes, and intel that claims tonight could be very violent. Right yes. for
0: all the cities, Kimba was just saying on the YouTube mm-hmm. stream, uh, everyone stay safe. Um, you know, the, a lot of things are happening. Uh, the, the riots are spreading. Mm-hmm. And so stay safe out there. Yeah. But also be a stand for love and light wherever you are. Don't feel yeah. like you have to give into the cultural pressure, the cultural narratives. You can be a stand for Christ, yes, in an authentic way, you don't have to buy into the emotional cultural extortion that you have, must show up this way or it doesn't count. Yeah, so
1: I agree. All right,
0: I we're gonna, we're gonna, it's time for us to sign off. Yeah, we're gonna sign off and then we're gonna film a bonus thing to release later in the week. Okay, so do you remember? Yep, <laughs> she doesn't remember. <laughs> what
1: That's what we're, we're doing.
0: doing. So watch for it. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Stay safe.
1: Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to All The Things. Be sure to subscribe to our website at allthethingsshow.com and find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or wherever you stream your podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the bell so you'll receive alerts when we post new shows.